Hello and welcome to Watch the Throne. What a lovely day. This is episode 20, The Italian Job, from 2003. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski. With us today, not one, but two guests. First off, we have returning as our Mark Wahlberg Charlize Theron expert right. back from the yards Zach Design. Hello Zach. <laughs> Hello. I didn't realize the connection until about halfway through this movie and I was like holy shit Zach is just here for all the Marky Mark that we got on this podcast. I, so I so immediately glad noticed that. You are back once again for this. I'm so glad to be back too. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was really wonderful seeing him pop up, and yeah, I had no idea that was going to happen. With us also today, we have a first time guest to the podcast that Mike and I do. Someone from the now and again corner of the world, uh, one of Chris Mattiello's friends, Chris, who has not been a guest on this podcast but will be before long. We have Jared Brown. Hello, Jared. Hello. How are you guys tonight? I am well. How are you? How, were you on? Now and again? I did the Tony Hawk's uh, Pro Skater EP, yes. so that was really nice. the first time. And I'm trying to get back on, but Chris is busy with other things, so there's that. Gotcha. Well, you are here now making your triumphant return to the podcast network to talk about this sexist piece of shit movie <laughs> that I had no idea how much I was going to dislike until I rewatched it today. Uh, and boy, oh boy, do I have problems with it. It is definitely problematic. Hashtag problematic. Uh, before we get going, we sort of, you know, did a little bit of a level set, I think, with Zach. Maybe last time, maybe not. I don't know. We're, we're bad businessmen. But Jared, in terms of Charlize Theron, what's your opinion on her? What movies do you like of hers? Had you seen this one before? Give us the uh, the, the Charlize 411 from your corner. Well, I've always liked her. She's uh, one of the actresses that I say I haven't seen really a bad movie from her, so... I do enjoy her movies. This is actually one of my favorites, believe it or not, just because it's such a bad version for her. Like, she did this, and then she did Monster right mm-hmm. after. So I'm like, how can you go from a bad movie like this? Well, not bad, but, like, an action movie like this that's cheesy and predictable to something that is awesome like Monster? And it's like... I don't get it. Yeah, she, well, I mean, (laughs) she hasn't really done a whole lot of prestige work before Monster. So as we've been going through this, I have noticed, and Joey, I think, backed me up, like, she's been pretty much great, even if the movie's been terrible. pretty much, yep. Yeah, and, like, helps you kind of get to the end of a couple of them just by being in it. She's just been, like, in these types of movies, and then in in the next movie, she's going to be in, like, considered more of a dramatic prestige star like right out of the gate but it, it is kind of weird you usually do an oscar movie and then a movie like this after it you know like, yeah. <laughs> yeah like like a cage did when he went from leaving las vegas to the rock like he yeah and i think a halle berry or something mm. where she yeah, halle berry, run that... it. yeah and did catwoman or something but okay so here so so here let's here let's just let's just do this off the bat so this movie sucks this movie <laughs> is a piece of shit it is sexist in so many ways that I really feel like I might have noticed, but watching Four Charlies really opened my eyes to it. Like, watching 20 movies in a row for this podcast, with a woman at the center of our focus, has really made me think differently about movies. To the fact that there is, she's probably the only woman in this entire movie with dialogue. There is a second woman, Becky who only exists for Charlize to become... Who might have a twin sister that she doesn't even know about. I mean... 100% of her dialogue is voiced by Seth Green, so that's cool. That seems hilarious, by the way. The role Charlize is set to play, this master safecracker, daughter of a legendary thief, her role is to be the date, the decoy, the, like, hey, you be the distraction, you be the bait, you're gonna lure Edward Norton away, who is terrible in this movie, holy shit. Oh yeah, and we're gonna do all the work. So there's that. And oh, wait, then, she's also the driver in a way that's weirdly better. She's better than the other driver. Like, yeah. Jason Statham is supposedly the driver, but she actually gets more driving time. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna bring that up a little later. She's the better driver than Jason Statham, 100. percent And I'll touch on that when we get to that uh, initial meeting scene of her because that is just something impressive. <laughs> and then the last thing, the cherry on top of this shit Sunday, is that at the end of the movie everyone gets a happy ending, and what's her happy ending? She gets to be Mark Wahlberg's trophy. She doesn't even get a resolution. Her resolution is that Mark Wahlberg gets the girl that he wants, and she's happy with him in Venice. Like, yeah. fuck this movie. <laughs> like, the problem, yeah, her resolution is actually getting to punch Edward Norton in the face, and I'm not saying, like, that's 
better or anything. Great. But like she doesn't. You're right. She doesn't get. We don't get to see how she wanted to spend her money. I mean, it's not necessarily her character's movie. I don't. I'm not cool with anything. <laughs> I mean, I just want to get that off off, off up, up front. Mike and I are going to convince you that this is a minor uh, masterpiece. No, by no, no means. No, but like, <laughs> like I. I I don't know. Like, I feel like I should have saved all of my venom from last week for this movie, Joey. Like, I feel really bad now about waking up in Reno and, and my behavior on that episode because I just, like, <laughs> I'm exhausted now. And I really feel like all of that animosity should have been targeted toward this episode. They come so close, right? Like, she's this awesome safecracker. She's the daughter of the dead thief that they're all trying to get revenge for. Like, she should be the Mark Wahlberg character, like, setting up the heist, running the show, all that stuff. But she isn't unfortunately that her safe cracking abilities really only come into play like at that one moment and yeah she is sort of used more for her like ability as a distraction which is problematic of course <laughs> i've got lots of other grievances but let's let me pass the baton to, uh, for a little while i just remember loving this movie when i was i guess 15 uh, when yep. this movie came out that's that's i do have that guilt riding with me but also I, yeah, there was a certain amount of nostalgia involved in watching this but yeah well, i think this the, is great a for a 15 year old like oh, this yeah. you, you know like this hits all of those like adolescent buttons and i think that's the issue it's like a movie for 15 year olds like yeah. it doesn't hold up for us i really enjoy the first 10 to 15 minutes of this movie the the actual italian part of this movie i think is fantastic i think the pacing of the first like hour 20 is is atrocious like oh. i think everything is so goddamn slow for no reason <laughs> the fact that there's no score in the opening sequence like why is that like why is there no tension it's just like a bunch of guys just doing a heist and like there's no stakes like was there heist. no score because the rest of the movie the score was overbearing well there was fantastic <laughs> if there was a score it was very subtle because okay. i was paying attention because again i've said this i think on cinemakers like for me to notice the score is usually surprising that there's either something going wrong with the scene one way or another like I usually yeah. like when it's working I don't usually pay attention to it it's just that when it's like not working that's when I pick up on it here it was just like oh wow it's just like it's just quiet huh. I, I like the idea of starting a movie mid heist but it also just didn't feel tense at all to me I don't know and I will agree with that totally Joey it just didn't feel like something that should have happened. I mean, that intro with the mask was just so long and ridiculous that it got to the point where I'm like, is this movie going to start anytime soon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is kind of weird. It does come in in a weird place like that where it almost feels like the end of another movie or something. And, and that's possible. Like, James Bond does stuff like this great a lot of the times where it's like the cold open you know and it's the heist or the job or whatever he's getting in or out of trouble and then the movie starts and it's and it's cool but there's just like no energy here i feel like oh. it just feels like like you said someone said no stakes like i just don't get the danger everyone knows that they're already going to get away with it and yeah and it's obvious i kind of felt like even the first time watching this it's and second time it's so obvious that like ed norton is gonna double cross them <laughs> like he, he's just the only one that is not like on the same wavelength as the rest of them i did not expect ed i'd seen this movie before i totally forgot that was gonna happen and <laughs> i i actually enjoyed the first part i don't know i enjoyed seeing everybody at the top of their game just doing their thing and just doing it well uh I guess I enjoyed that part of the movie. Well, I mean, like, the best stuff is definitely when no one's talking and they're doing action and stuff. Like, later on when they're driving through the subway and tunnel and all that. And, you know, when, and when they're practicing the heist. Like, when they're actually, like, the action is pretty okay. You know, like, all that stuff, it looks fine. But it's just, like, all the dialogue and all the, the dialogue character traits. so bad. It's just, yeah, it's real cheesy. You know what fine stands for? <laughs> oh God! Was that from this? Because I mean, I didn't so, hear yeah. people it's say that original. until this movie. It's in the original, apparently. In the uh, original, the F is for fucked up, but they changed it to whatever they changed it for here. Gotta get that PG thirteen. Freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. That's kind of a grievance I had. Like normally, I don't mind like remake whatever. Like I actually thought this was gonna be a straight up remake the first time I saw it, and then I was like, oh, they're doing something with it on their own. But then I was like, why are they even calling this the Italian job? It should be like the. <laughs> California because, job. Yeah. Well, that, so hold on. What I found on IMDb, which is remarkable, Mike, is that there was a sequel planned for this movie. The movie cost... Let me get the actual numbers before I make it this wrong. The movie cost 60 
It made in the U.S. 106, and it made wow, worldwide 176. Wow, this cost 60. It looks a little cheaper than that, actually. What? Well, those I mean, action it, sequences I were think, not I cheap. I think it looks pretty nice. I don't have a problem okay. with it costing 60. They spent the money on the uh, budget for the car, for the uh, naming rights for it, and also for the cars. What? No, they got money the on that. Star. They yeah. made money on, <laughs> money that. on that. They used, I think, 33 minis in this. Yeah. So wow. there was a lot of money spent to uh, the Mini Coopers. Wait, wait, you're telling me that Mini didn't pay for that product placement? Oh, almost certainly. They, probably they, did. they didn't spend a dime on Mini Coopers on this movie. That's probably true. They made money on those Mini Coopers. This was actually the movie that launched the new Mini Cooper to where it is today because before that, everyone was looking at it like saying, why would they revive the Mini? It doesn't make any sense. And then after the Italian job came out, you saw them everywhere. And now they're kind of like down back to where they were when they first came out too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not. I mean, people must have thought they were going to be great getaway cars. And then they ended up not pulling lots of heists. So, <laughs> Well, the, the, it's actually, it almost undermines the, the mini because there's a scene where they're like well these cars can't really do much yet but we have oh, a guy right? yeah. <laughs> we have to like add suspension to them yeah. and they don't do what we want them to do so the movie apparently opened fairly well but then they really spread it wide to hit that magical $100 million mark that just mm-hmm. pressed it over that and ended up with 106 in the U.S. So apparently it was a failure, even though it, by all intents and purposes, made its money back. Even if you huh. double the budget for marketing, you know, with the worldwide take... They probably made $60 million on this. Apparently, that was enough of a failure to scrap the sequel, which was tentatively being called The Brazilian Job. Oh that God. script That's was terrible. then retooled to become Fast Five. Which, holy, holy shit! shit. Yeah. Oh. I know, right? Dude, like, that, that makes so much sense. Is amazing. And this feels like a fucking knockoff Fast and Furious movie. And it's even crazier because the director's going to go on and direct Fate of the Furious. So there's all of this in there. Like, I feel all of that element in in this movie. It's so crazy. I can't believe that, (laughs) wow, they retrofitted that script and it became an amazing movie. A part five, no less. Like, a part two became a part five. That's awesome. Upgrade. And this is also, I mean, for some Too Fast, Too Forever, Fast and Furious connections, uh, F. Gary Gray would go on to direct Fate of the Furious, which also featured Charlize and Jason Statham. So this is sort of a prequel of sorts. A pre-union. Oh, man, yeah, pre-union, absolutely. But when I read that this was the sequel was going to basically be Fast Five, like, Fast Five is one of my favorite movies. It's my favorite Fast and Furious movie. Fast and Furious is my favorite franchise. For the sequel, the almost sequel to this (laughs) shitty movie, if that would have robbed us of the greatness that is Fast Five... I totally agree I mean, with we that. Would, we never would have known, but man, oh man. <laughs> That's a great development rabbit hole there. like Because <laughs> this was a remake, you know? And then its potential sequel went on to become like a whole other part of a franchise like that's great I, I, oh man Th- it was almost worth rewatching it just to learn that <laughs> tonight <laughs> hey guys remember Napster oh, oh my god <laughs> they really were banking on those, those <laughs> jokes too. they were not banking on rewatchability in the future at all Ooh, it reminded all. me of something John Oliver like talked about just last night as we were recording this where it's like it's really tricky Google to Glass. like yeah like Google Glass and like predict the future and like don't always want to like predict technology and put it in your movie or your TV show in like a big way or anything because you're just they really committed to that man that was heavy which I mean Seth Green's computer can do absolutely anything you want to talk about yeah, just technology being insane oh yeah let me hack into the database 15 times and fail and then magically get in come yeah. on now get there's real a lot of, yeah there's a lot of just kind of like like making the audience kind of just believe it was just like I mean I guess it's just very hard when there are at least two characters whose jobs you kind of have to take their word for it that they're doing well the safe cracker <laughs> and the uh, and the computer guy because there's no way to really just you know, properly show what they do. Just that moment where they all like they're talking about turning the all the lights green, and I feel like that is like the hacker sort of like baseline test. Like if you if you want to be on the crew, you got to be able to turn all of the street lights green when we need them. Is that showing up in other movies? Yeah. Oh, that's been in a bunch of movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I even think it's been in like Fast Eight. Yes, it was. I haven't seen any Fast and the Furious movies. I know. Oh, someone's due for a lap, but. But, like, Mark Wahlberg, like, basically turns to Seth Green. He's like, you could do it, right? And Seth Green's like, 
I, I guess I could do it. And he's like, yeah, you're our, it's, he's basically saying like anything we need, let's just say he can do it. And yeah. then the audience will think that he's doing it like off screen or something. Yeah. He unlocks a gate in the first scene just with a keystroke. I mean, Venice is known for how internet connected it is, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I really, what really bothers me about that Seth Green thing is that like his quote unquote test or his trial run is like fucking up cars like he's setting up yeah. to be green yeah. and he's doing thousands of dollars in damage as like a trial run like they're not even like they're just seeing that they can like can't you do that on like a not busy intersection like <laughs> literally anywhere else then again every intersection in la is, is busy so it's like yeah it's gonna happen no matter what yeah and i don't understand how they haven't gotten caught it's insane. Like they yeah, don't ever reference that they're down with law enforcement on any level whatsoever. But like you say, Joey, like Seth Green is causing all these accidents. You think that they'd bring in some kind of task force to figure out something must be going on. Something's going down. It's Marky Mark, and they end up in the yards at the end. So I, mean. <laughs> I would love that if they're like, "Hey, remember that time that we were uh, kissing cousins back in New York?" <laughs> So, Mike, this is something, what's weird to me, and maybe it's just because we watched three Cage movies the other day, but I picked up four different Cage movies mm-hmm. that this feels like. I, uh, I got a couple, too. Number one, <laughs> obviously, we just watched it, Stolen, because not only are they <laughs> they're stealing gold, but they are stealing gold from below, yep. and they are, you know, basically cutting a hole in the bottom and stealing the gold that way. Yeah. So that's number one. Obviously, Gone in 60 Seconds, because that's just, right. you know, cars and stuff. I got a real um, National Treasure vibe yes! from the opening credits, oh, yeah, and absolutely. also the fact that they just appear mm-hmm. in the snowy mountains for no reason like right. that <laughs> yeah that i feel like the whole vibe of this is very sort of family friendly like in a lot of ways like not that this is an entire not that i'm saying you know this is okay for families to watch together or anything but i'm just saying in in terms of like it's very safe and like yes. consequence free and all of that and bright and like nothing is ultimately going to go wrong none of our aside from donald sutherland uh, no one's going to die and my fourth cage movie that is going to remind me of was the trust where cage is writing oh, he's yeah. hacking that safe and he's writing the numbers on the door yeah. which charlize is doing here too i'm sure that there's more but i was like I'd rather watch any of those four movies again. <laughs> we watched Bangkok Dangerous the other day, and they have the canal chase. It was sort of like oh, yeah, yeah, them yeah, going yeah, through yeah. Venice here. So Absolutely. I picked up on that. We yeah. were even saying, have they ever done like a channel chase in another movie? And one of us said something about Italy, but I don't think we ever put this together. No, definitely not. I mean, this this movie has not been on my brain since I saw it. Probably in theaters, maybe? I don't know. This was also my college freshman roommate's favorite movie, and he watched it all the time, and I did not like him as a roommate. Uh, and <laughs> oh, so God. that did not at all dissuade me from enjoying this movie tonight, but it's one other thing that this movie has going against it. Same thing for Kevin Smith. He loves Kevin Smith. <laughs> he loves Italian oh. God. And both of those things I'm not fond about. Speaking of like remembering it weird, I, I have never seen the original Italian job, but I thought for sure Michael Caine was in this movie. I remember it so He clearly. is in this movie. There's a shot of him because Ed Norton is watching the original Italian. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I did pick up on that home. real quick. But okay. I do get what you're saying, Zach. I, I, I did not remember Donald Sutherland. I remembered Michael Caine. Right. I didn't go back to check, but I don't think Donald Sutherland's in the original either. But I would. I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't seen the original in a long Barrett's time. Universe swap <laughs> thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're remembering it wrong or something uh, all co- collectively. I remember the original is just i don't remember everything about it but i just remember that movie is awesome that is just like a really great crazy heist film i would definitely recommend that not even remembering it all too well <laughs> just the feeling of uh, remembering it you know speaking of donald sutherland and well, i guess what could have maybe been a michael kane role who knows why not make it michael kane in that role like what you mean uh, yeah just straight up sequel or something add some continuity this is one of the very few times that Charlize has had a dad in a movie. Oh, Yet, okay. However, here, uh, her dad dies again. So, like, yep. just like in real life and just like the last time. I don't remember what the last time was, but, like, when she Bagger has a Vance, dad, Bagger dad Vance, died. Yeah. her dad always dies. Wait, and in that real life, shot. Charlize Theron's dad died horribly? In real life, her mother shot and killed her father because her Whoa. father was an abusive, abusive man. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was, it's kind of... Um, tragedy <laughs> yeah but it's weird though right isn't it because we talked about it you, you brought yeah it up, i didn't even think about it you brought it up on bagger vance like she finally has a dad 
and he dies by a bullet. I mean, it's a self-inflicted bullet, but here, he has, she said that again, and he gets shot. Like, it's just, yeah. what? <laughs> Why do you keep doing this to poor Charlize? Her more than Cage or Keanu has, like, been living out parts of her life throughout her films. <laughs> like, Jeez. you know, just, like, things in her personal life have, like, it seems like she's been dealing with them through making these movies. Like, she had those teeth issues as a kid, and then she played the, like, love interest of a dentist in That Thing You Do. And, like, <laughs> all the father issues and stuff and like she's even shot her husband in films and everything so assuming her mother's role in like and you know like it's just weirder when you think about it if you need to you super can sort of make those connections super super weird you know what's kind of weird most deaf plays a deaf guy yep. in this movie. Asim <laughs> Bey plays a deaf guy. Go figure. I mean, there's not a lot of diversity in here, but I like most deaf a lot. Like, I think he's a good presence. He's a good rapping actor, so he's a raptor, <laughs> in my opinion. True, true. We're going to have to nominate him for this, even though he doesn't have much of a role. We're going to have to nominate nah. him for a raptor at the end of this episode. Well, he's in that one, Bruce, with 16 blocks, which, Joey, you told me I gotta. I should check that out, right? I think it was no. you, maybe. But no. No? Oh. You I asked me about that. it, but I, I haven't seen that. I, oh, okay. I know him from Be Kind Rewind. Oh, because like I know him from Guide. Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's great in that. You know who's not great is Edward Norton in this movie. Nor his <laughs> facial hair. Yes, I was just going to bring that up, actually. He oh, looks my. like a 70s porn star almost with that mustache. Which he was much better as that. Wait, no, I'm thinking <laughs> He looks so, like, sleazy. Yeah, it's so weird that he went on... He went on to be the Hulk after this, right? Like, that's weird to think about, is that... Because I just think of him more as, like, a villainous character. Like, I think he plays villains better. This kind of guy reminded me of the guy from rounders a little bit like that kind of sleazeball so here's the story about this role is that edward norton this is from imdb so i'm again don't know if this is true or not assuming it's true treating it like gospel so he (laughs) made it clear apparently i don't know in promoting this movie or after the movie or whatever that this was he only did this movie because of a contract requirement from paramount so he signed a three-picture deal with paramount first one was primal fear which is like his breakout role and then he kept dismissing role after role, movie after movie. Eventually, Paramount was like, you got to stop this. This is the movie you're doing. And so he finally was just like, all right, fine. Apparently did not hide his misery on set, had fights with <laughs> cast and crew. And then when the producer gave out gifts at the end, when the movie made more money than they were expecting, Edward Norton returned the gift with a note saying, give this to someone you actually like or someone who actually likes you. So, <laughs> wow. Wow. He is, it's difficult to watch him because he is to say he's not putting forth effort in this movie is unfair to effort like he is (laughs) not trying in the slightest you can see it at times like even when he's flirting with Charlize and when he's in the house and she's looking for the safe you can clearly see that he's not interested in this movie at all like he just wants to shoot (laughs) his scenes and get the hell out what's unfortunate too is that I feel like Seth Green and Jason Statham became great friends (laughs) and most deaf like and even Mark Wahlberg like I feel like the four of them feel like at least they felt like friends that they were having fun like i got a lot of the sense of fun just from those guys not exactly from like the plot or anything like that when they had just finished their heist and they're in the alps or wherever they're in the mountains and they're drinking their champagne yeah ed norton is checked out like he is definitely not paying any attention to what anyone's saying or doing and is just like going through those motions when he pulls that gun it is like the (laughs) weakest reveal i gotcha moment that i've ever seen it's a shame but like he is just not present everyone else on set probably just bonded over hating ed norton well that's probably (laughs) true uh, I also read, in also on IMDb Trivia, so again, take this for what it's worth, but that F. Gary Gray was qu- apparently crying, laughing so hard at Seth Green's improvisations. So, uh. like, <laughs> I think people had fun on set, because, like, this is, like, it's a, it's a nothing movie. It's a fluff movie. It's a movie that's going to look good, that's supposed to, like, feel cool and be, like, the slick action heist movie. You know, whether or not it actually turns out to be that, which it's not. You don't know that while you're shooting. It's, like, it's, just, it's supposed to be fun. But then to have somebody just miserable on set, I guess you sort of bond over hating him, but also just it's a bunch of people you know that you presumably like and you know want to spend time with doing a fun movie it's fun except unless you're edward norton and then unless the movie turns out the way that it turns out (laughs) yeah i think the the issue is that it's like it's kind of it's like fixable this movie like in very sort of easy ways you know like
like get rid of Ed Norton, add uh, <laughs> another strong female presence, like you know, a little more diversity of their crew or something. Like I, I don't feel just like just make it Fast and Furious. Just do what yeah, they no, did. it's honestly like yeah, like it wants to be like do that. Like that's what I'm saying. Like this movie works like over and over again. So I don't know why why didn't it work this time with this crew? Like it's it's also like you said, Joey, very early on, like that the over sexism and stuff is just like it just shines so hard this time amazing there's also the other moment where Charlize is like practicing the safe cracking okay good yeah I was just about to bring that up and she's wearing headphones so she can listen and for some reason in this movie she's doing it in a bra in her hotel room which I guess nothing against that she's in the the privacy of her hotel room Mark Wahlberg knocks on the door she doesn't hear him because she's focusing he lets himself in startles her and then sees her like in her underwear it's like why is this in the movie other than to put charlie's in a bra but like i don't get it and like like, he touches her inappropriately like on her shoulder and she cringes and it's like a whole moment it's like why is this moment in the movie why can't he just knock louder like there's so many ways to easily rewrite this to make it not creepy and right and i don't like i don't think it's mark Wahlberg's fault like i don't think that's him like i think he's like feeling as uncomfortable like in this whole movie he's like i don't like it feels like, to me, like he's smiling like, i don't want to be here either like this is weird <laughs> and like you can even see it with him at times too during the filming of it like he's like man why did i sign up for this oh wait <laughs> just to get a paycheck that's right it didn't even make sense for his character he's not the the lock breaker he's right. the planner guy yeah he's like yeah. the whole mastermind type he's of guy well that's it i think he had to go in and tell her that she needed to pose as the cable guy or something like that but like it's like dude that can wait like for a little while like she's practicing <laughs> it was tough thing. before everyone had cell phones, man. Yeah, I actually think Wahlberg, like, I don't know, he looked kind of silly. Like, I'm not used to him smiling so much. I guess, yeah. like, I was, <laughs> you know, and just he's right from the start, he's just got a shit-eating grin looking on his face, and it's just, why are you smiling throughout this whole movie? Like, it threw me. It made me like. It's I don't hard know. to believe he's a mastermind, and you don't actually really see him doing any masterminding. No, yeah, that's barely. another moment where people are like talking other people's game for them you know where it's like he's the best mastermind there ever was and it's like are you just Take my word for it. <laughs> There's another great bit of sexism in this movie where at the very, very end of the movie, Seth Green's happy ending is that he's finally acknowledged oh as the founder of Napster. That notoriety and fame apparently encourages someone who looks like Kelly Brook, who is Kelly Brook, who was dating oh. Jason Statham at the time, oh. uh, to go to his apartment or house or whatever. And he's created speakers that are so loud that they blow a woman's clothes off. And we don't see it, but we hear it. And I was thinking, wouldn't that just make her go deaf? Like, wouldn't that make everybody <laughs> go too. deaf? Wouldn't it? Yeah, if you can blow her clothes off, it probably did something bad to her skin, too. Yeah, yeah that just seemed like a weird payoff too because when he mentions it earlier it seems like he just added like he's like I want this speaker system and then he sounds like a nerd so he looks at Jason Statham and he's like oh you know they're like strong enough to blow a girl's clothes off and then they like he's like yeah that that's what I'm talking about <laughs> it's a typical 90s stereotype but it's like an 80s gag the hacker is the lonely guy who wants to be in a relationship more than anyone and of course they gave it to Seth Green who's perfect for it so it sort of works but it doesn't in this movie and it doubles down on that in that he's not good at anything else. Like when he rolls up on that motorcycle for some reason, and like he can't even dri- like dribble it along. Like I don't know what the I don't know what the verb is, but like what's the verb for driving a motorcycle as slowly as humanly possible? I think you could pedal and it. Still right? unable to do that. I guess just pedal it. Yeah, like he is struggling to even do that and like it's like look at this guy he can't do anything but hack let's just call him mr napster or whatever and just be on with it oh also by the way that guy who steals napster from him is actually the guy who created napster like it's not sean parker no it's not sean parker it's a different guy oh sean fanning who's the other yes sean fan yeah you know what else is kind of like bugged me about that joke about the motorcycle like so marky mark and uh charlise like get to the rendezvous like super fast because she's like a crazy awesome driver for no reason right because i guess this was supposed to be maybe a fast and furious well yeah that's that's what i'm saying before before you go further like i'm okay with them being great at everything because like in the fast and furious everybody is now great at everything like everybody's a hacker everybody can be shoot guns really well everybody can drive really well I don't have a problem with that. No, no. But, like, they get to the rendezvous, and Mark Wahlberg's like, you know, like, we're kind of early. Like, I didn't expect us to get here so soon. We're going to have to wait for a while. But then right away, like, Seth Green shows up. It's like, they weren't... (laughs) He beats the driver. It's like another one of those moments, though, where it's like, wow, you're a fantastic 
driver, like, this is going to come in handy at the end of the movie. What, they couldn't wait, like, have, like, a little scene there and maybe get to know each other for a minute and, nope. or at least, like, cut and do a time jump or something? It's like... It's on the cutting yeah, room you floor, just stepped sure. on your own line. It's weird. <laughs> there's apparently a lot on the cutting room floor. I don't remember what specifically, but there's a lot of things that are, like, in the IMDb trivia, it's about, like, alternate takes and extended scenes and, like, different subthreads and stuff like that. So I feel like what we see here, it works as a movie. It doesn't work as a good movie, but, like, I think the narrative structure of this makes sense, aside from some sort of head-scratching things like that. But I do sort of wonder what didn't make it in if there's stuff that would make this better. Because I feel like this is the kind of movie, I'm glad it's not, but it's the kind of movie that could be like two hours and 20 minutes. Like it could be like this really kind of bloated, sort of like really intricate plot. The fact that it's only like an hour 50, including credits feels right but it also feels like it's, it's shorter than it could yeah. be not that i want it to be longer but like i feel like it could be longer and i'm wondering what we missed out on it feels to be like they cut out the cops i feel like there was at least a minor <laughs> yeah. threat oh, God, with yeah. the police going on that they're just like let's just axe all of this and get it out of here uh, and i actually feel like the movie starts to pick up a little once we introduce the other element the guy who are buying gold from ed norton like he kills that buyer and then those dudes show up to like avenge him like if if only that happened like way earlier and we sort of had more of this like mad dash to get the gold from all these different people and then maybe the people who they stole it from originally tracked them down there's threads that could be pulled much more in this movie i see it i see some holes in places the other thing i kept waiting for was that i was waiting for like a detective to show up and actually kind of like look into the death of the of the pawnbroker which would have actually made this a whole lot better because you would have had the cops be chasing them and also the guards on the motorcycles as well which would have made everything much more interesting criminals don't snitch (laughs) dude skinny pete is probably my favorite part of this movie (laughs) i think it's everybody's not the skinny pete from Breaking Bad, a very different Skinny Pete. Oh, that's right, that's right. And then, then what was Statham's name? Handsome Pete? There Handsome was like Rob. <laughs> Handsome Rob, okay. Like, they all had these really dumb, sort of simple nicknames. Left ear or whatever. Yeah, yeah but sense. Skinny Pete's, like, was mentioned so early, and I was like, that is so dumb. Like, look at Mark Wahlberg having to seriously say, like, my contact Skinny Pete, like, two or three times. But then when he shows up, I was like, okay, that joke paid off because the dude's, like, 500 pounds. Yeah. And is just smacking golf balls off a, off a putting green. <laughs> You'll get it next time. Yeah, that's a great little visual where he's just one-arming it off and then just flying away. I don't have a lot more to say about this movie. There are some things that I I do want to say about the behind the scenes that everybody apparently got driving lessons because a lot of them do drive in this movie but everybody on set acknowledged that Charlize is the best driver on set which is really cool for us nice I think Mad Max foreshadowing and also the um the mini Nazi drives at the beginning of the movie, I actually read on IMDb too, so take this with a grain of salt, is that it's a throwback to the original Italian job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. The red one. That's an awesome intro where she's just weaving in and out of traffic and slides right into the parking spot. I oh, thought yeah. it was New York for a second, and I was like, she's driving faster in New York than anyone has ever driven in New York. But I also feel like she's <laughs> probably driving faster in LA than anybody's ever driven faster. Like, well, she's know, in Philly, isn't she at yes, that point? Philly. Is she? Really? Oh. Yeah, that's it's why still, it's like, that's why no, it's still too so fast. But <laughs> yeah, I just feel like she had the road size the size of the roads are a little bigger i guess or wider so i could see her maneuvering a little easier and then they get to la it's just like bumper to bumper traffic and then the other thing was that she got two speeding tickets while going home from filming this movie because she was such in a mindset of driving fast that she got two speeding tickets while making this movie including one time she was doing 40 over the speed limit so that's cool i wonder if they use that as inspiration for jason statham's final ending where he gets pulled over uh, except (laughs) it turns out to be the cable girl's twin sister apparently (laughs) yeah I don't know the other Charlize facts I have were that Charlize was F. Gary Gray's first choice for this role, but apparently Mark Wahlberg also recommended her, so I guess, you know, they hit it off on The Yards, you know, that near masterpiece, <laughs> The Yards. Minor masterpiece. Charlize was bragging about Donald Sutherland playing her father, but they never filmed scenes together, so take oh. that for what it's worth. Oh, yeah, we never find out what he sends her. I always thought that was a necklace. Come back. It's a necklace. It's a necklace. They, they, they show her looking at the necklace. Oh, they did show her. Oh, right. The, oh. They show it in the beginning of the uh, movie, too. He sends it to her, and she asks, does it have a receipt? And then you see her wearing it at the date with uh, Edward Norton, too. Oh, okay, cool. Because I know there was that one scene, Mark Wahlberg like comes to her house, 
and she's like, get the hell out. And he's like, we're going to, you know, get revenge for your dad. And she's like, get the hell out. But then there's like that one scene that lasts like 30 seconds, maybe, where she's contemplating, like alone. So I thought maybe she was looking at the necklace there or something. But she comes around real quick, by the way. It's just yeah, like, it's probably like an hour. Was. Yeah, I thought that there were definitely, it was going to be like a montage of like trying to get her to agree to like come into the crew or whatever. But she's like, nope, I'm down. Well, that's what's super weird is that like, not only is she like quickly come around, but she also apparently has this like shorthand with Mark Wahlberg when they're trying to figure out how to get the gold out. And he's like, how wide is this tunnel? And Seth Green says six feet. And he looks at her and she's like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, how do you have this shorthand for like the mini? Like, where did that come from? Came straight out of BMW's pockets. That's where it came from. Probably. Yeah. I mean, who knows if they were just like coming up with shit, uh, you know, on the spot too at at times. Uh, This feels a little, it felt a little like one of those things that like any you like a Jenga like I think I've come up with this analogy before but like it's just like one block from crumbling you know it's just barely holding itself together I feel and like one more misstep in this whole thing would have just been like way way worse I mean it's still pretty bad don't get me wrong it's a I was reading the reviews it's watchable just like it's not that great it's fine it's well that's what's watch. so crazy it's like I remember this being really hyped like yeah. when it came out people being like the fucking Italian job has like crazy chase scenes and all this shit in it so maybe the first time I sat down I was overhyped because I was like expecting an, an amazing chase scene or something and I was like it's alright like there's stuff happening i guess but like it's not like one of my favorites by any means i mean it just got to the point where like i remember the first time i got it because i got it with the original italian job a two-pack and i'm like oh i'm gonna watch both back to back and i watched the original recently and i said oh i should go revisit the remake for this podcast before i forget and i sat and watched that and i'm like wow this is kind of lackluster oh i caught this this time because i'm gonna try and catch this as much as possible just for whatever movie i watch but at an hour 18 20 seconds titular line I wrote that down I wrote that down (laughs) we'll do it like the Italian job yep Marky Mark says that I was like yep while I was paying a lot of attention for um, product placement I heard a stellar plug for Carson Security did you guys catch that (laughs) oh that that was hilarious because I remember that that was like an actual that wasn't made up for the movie wait it wasn't was it no no Carson's a real security firm yeah 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 that's what I'm saying like it wasn't made up for the movie so like that yeah like a 15 second exclamation explanation about about Why, how they have right? this, like this this Carson security you can't hack our systems hack off and that even Seth Green can't do it five years running oh man no one's been paid no one's been <laughs> this a list movie is mostly commercial yeah. yeah did anybody notice that when they dropped the safe into the ground by groundman's chinese theater that they had a giant pepsi blue ad for oh, the duration pepsi blue. pepsi blue just like napster those are my two favorite things yeah let's talk about a, a good period piece for 2003 well i was wondering like that that was the only time where i was like well this is like they're actually filming this must have been a, a logistics nightmare that day with like clearing that street and filming in front of the theater and uh, I mean I know they do it from time to time and there oh, must this be is like actually a like one of the few but... times that actually they did get permission oh, from LA to okay do it. all right yeah so that was pretty impressive I was like I can't believe that they're actually shooting there and doing it they just got permission from LA and they went with it that day <laughs> you can see a build-a-bear factory store there i only know that because i have young nieces and nephews and stuff but like i was like that i noticed that product (laughs) two other little bits of sexism that i felt bad about for charlize number one when she is dressing as becky to go into the house charlize uh they're they're putting the american pin on her chest which is the camera and mark Wahlberg like puts it on because i guess she can't do it and he pricks her in the boob oh seth green pricks her seth Seth green okay again yeah because he's the clumsy nerd who never touched a girl before yeah but then also uh, at one point edward norton when I guess when they're in the restaurant, he tells them to put a leash on your cat, calling yeah, Charlie's cat. a cat. Yeah. So, it's a weird wow, thing cool. to say. Cool, thank you, movie. Good job, movie. But also, they all had, they were all like waiting in the restaurant. Yeah. Wait, yeah. like <laughs> I'm just picturing them sitting around the corner and the waiters being like, "Can I help you?" Just for like the first hour of the date. Well, so so what happened was they were going to make the they were going to do the heist then, but then the neighbor was having a party. So I guess their backup plan was to go to the restaurant. But wouldn't that have been like the perfect time to do the heist? Because like there's all that noise from the party. Like if they make noise, no one's going to notice. Well, no, I think they, 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 they were saying like there's like an explosion because they're going to be explosions. They said there's explosions then they would people would know and they would call the cops or whatever yeah exactly but jack i'm with you though like as soon as 
the jig is up at the uh, restaurant, like they're all there as if they were like having dinner there or next door or something like that. Uh, that seemed a little. All, all Ed Norton has to do is press charges on assault, and then like at least one of them, like Mark, is out for out for at least a couple of weeks in in you know local jail, and he can make his getaway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jared, do you have any other notes about the Italian job before we move on to our game for the podcast? I like to mention um the very shitty cover of Pink Floyd's Money That Shows Up. Twice. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Twice, which was very... I am a big Pink Floyd fan, and I don't think I noticed it the first couple times I watched it, but then when I actually watched it this time, I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> like, they couldn't get it. And then the other thing that made me, made me laugh was that cable internet back then was super expensive. Oh, oh yeah. dude, yeah. What did he drop, 30 grand? Yeah, I think so. And then um, also, I just wanted to mention, too, since I'm a little bit of a car guy, and this is kind of a car movie, Handsome Rob says he wants an Ashton Martin. He could have easily got any other car at the time, but I just found that funny that he said, like, probably a mid-level, a high-level sports car over, like, a Ferrari Modena or a Lamborghini Mistiolaga, which would have been the two sport cars at the time to go for. Huh. Well, I mean, that's, like, a joke that's, like, played off better in the Fast and Furious movies, is that after they pull off that major heist, you know, they get one of the four cars that's left in the world, and then, I think, like, I think Roman gets one, and then, like, Tej gets another. So, like, yes, they both have these, right. like, super ultra-rare cars, uh, but they both have the same car as each other. Yeah, so, like, that's Donnie a joke Harai's. that plays well in Fast and Furious, yeah. Uh, that just does not they're like, they're like hey we're not going to worry about that yeah it doesn't work it doesn't nope. work at all in this film I was just like you could have said something else but whatever uh, Zach any other thoughts about the Italian job your second Mark Wahlberg Charlize Theron team up <laughs> not as good as the yards not as good as the yards that's a good life lesson you know if this movie is better or worse <laughs> than the yards if it's better it's a great movie if it's worse it still might be good because the yards is a near masterpiece <laughs> Mike, any other thoughts before we move on? Watching this, I didn't. I wasn't just thinking of like Fast and the Furious, you know, cashing in on remakes, but I also got like a very Ocean's vibe off of this one too, just because like most of the crew were dudes, I guess. Like they just had kind of like that snappy Ocean sort of wannabe feel about them. Uh, so like, oh, like, I don't know. Like ultimately, I feel like this movie is made up of better movies. <laughs> like you could just go watch like three or four really yeah. good movies that this thing is trying to be, and definitely you know, try and check out that original version. Or just watch any one movie that this is trying to be. Like, don't have to watch four yeah. movies. Just, like, no, right. watch one of, like, any number of movies. And Go watch and literally, literally, like, any of the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> or Ocean's Eleven. Or Ocean's Eleven. Or yeah, 12. or the or 12, 12 or 13. 13. Yeah. Or Logan oh, Lucky. Mission Impossible. That's Mission Impossible. Yeah. Or those. <laughs> just name any movie. <laughs> <laughs> the Family Man. The Family Man. There we go. That's what we're going to end on. So, okay, so the, <laughs> the game that we play, and we're going to change it up a little bit since last time you were on, Zach. We are going to pitch a sequel to this movie, uh, this movie that I don't think any of us really liked. This is the last time, because this is episode 20, we're going to play this for a little while. Mike and I need to come up with the next... We need to come up with the next game before the next episode. We have not talked about this yet. But we are going to collectively... I think, because I just don't want to each do it because I don't care enough about this movie to pitch my own sequel. We're going to collectively come up with a sequel for The Italian Job 2, which I feel like if you told me that it exists, I wouldn't be surprised. That, like, if it was a straight-to-DVD Walmart $5 bin, to quote Joe 2, like, I would not be surprised if this exists. I don't think it does, but if there was going to be an Italian Job 2, what would it be about? The Mars Job. Dude, I want to go to space so bad and (laughs) so fast. Them trying to steal a rare painting from a museum in New York or LA. So sort of Ocean's 12V sort of in that way, but brought back to America. I do like the idea of going to space. Maybe they're trying to steal art from space. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Ancient Martian artifact. Like nice. I was going to say, you know, when I was when I was watching this movie, I was trying to think of a sequel and I was thinking, you know, it could be about like Edward Norton trying to get his revenge, but we don't see it happen, but ostensibly he gets killed, so he's not going to come back. Right. Yeah. Everybody sort of has a happy ending. They're all rich now. Mostef has a room just for his sneakers. Dude, te- and, and it, this year, what was this, 2006? Like, I was such a sneakerhead back then. 2003. 2003, I'm sorry. Like, I was even more. I had so many boxes of sneakers. Like, I would have loved to have had just a room just for my sneakers. I got rid of most of them and bought movies. I think they just said shoes. I mean, that, if you, they well, showed they, at the uh, end, it looked like yeah. the kind of leather shoes and stuff. I don't know. If it was oh, sneakers. I thought he had, I don't maybe I was just assuming because it was most deaf. I, he was into sneakers, but. There was a mix of dress shoes and sneakers in that closet from what I remember. I do like that you are the shoes that you see in the world. That Zach feels like a classier sort of leather <laughs> shoe guy and he sees leather shoes. Mike, a, my, a man just like me, sees sneakers 
shoes. I was not paying attention because I don't give a shit about shoes. And I guess Jarrett just sees like real reality. So I like all four of our answers. Jared. So the Italian job Jared's two. Objective observer. Does anybody have any motivation in this movie to like do a sequel? Like I guess they could run out of money theoretically, or I don't know. Mark and uh, Mark Mark and Charlie's have a, a marital marital dispute, and uh, and maybe like one gets more in the divorce, and the other steals from them. <laughs> like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith thing. Yeah. Or I was thinking Edward Norton somehow survived the Ukrainian mobsters and kidnaps the future kids of yeah. Charlie's and Ed, Mark Warburg and holds them for ransom and they had to steal the money back to get them back. I was just about to go there too. Exactly. I was thinking maybe Norton's like all twisted and damaged and everything. <laughs> he's oh. got like who knows if he's got a blade leg, Joey, you know, instead of a instead of a prosthetic or something. I like Stolen it. shout out. I like oh, it. I mean, I, I actually yeah, thought of that this when they were taking him away. I think the sequel to this is the human centipede. I think well, I think <laughs> oh. Uh, oh god. I think Ed is about to go get human centipeded. <laughs> Oh, man. Great. Terrific. And also in our sequel, Charlize and Mark Wahlberg find out that they are cousins, and they are okay with it. There you go. I actually was pulling for... And I know because he was, like, nicknamed Handsome Man or whatever, that, like, Jason Statham was all about his masculinity and stuff. But, like, how great and, like, forward would this have been if him and Most Def were a couple? Like, I just think, <laughs> like, that would have been so cool and fun and, like, so, like, not even played up. Like, they don't even mention it or anything. But, like, little hints, you know, if you're looking for it, I don't know. So maybe in the sequel they get together. You could cut together a Call Me By Your Name type trailer. From this. <laughs> oh, the cops are after oh. me. <laughs> they are. They knew that you pulled the Italian job. <laughs> okay, the so on job. <laughs> I think. Do we have a subtitle for Italian Job Two, where a lot of things happen that I don't remember because I don't want to think about this movie anymore? Do we have a subtitle? The Italian Job Two. This one's in space with human centipedes. With human centipedes. <laughs> no. Like the next Italian job. Yeah. I was well, did they? That. Yeah. Like, because it looks like they actually moved to Italy, right? Like they're on a gondola at the end and everything. So, like, let's actually for one, like for one solid thing about this sequel, let's actually have it set in Italy. The Italian career. Oh. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> the Italian job too. The Italian career. Cool. Done and done. <laughs> so the last thing that we do on the show is nominate this movie for awards, good and bad. First off the bat, I'm going to nominate this for. Do we have most sexist film? Yep, The Italian Job. Oh, The Anti-Femmies. Yeah. Oh. We also, I'm also going to nominate worst male actor role, uh, Edward Ed Norton. Norton. <laughs> I agree with that. Best raptor, most deaf. Yep. Or right, not just raptor. I think the category this is expanded musician turned because actor. musician turned actor now because others have popped up. Dance scene, no. Score soundtrack, no. Song, we're not going to nominate that stupid, shitty cover of uh, Pink Floyd here. Uh, cinemato- cinematography, no. Freak I feel like out, the music in this would have been great in a different movie, like Spider-Man Homecoming or something. Like That's what it kind of started reminding me of. That movie's been on a lot, and like I kind of like the music, the score to that one. And this felt like more of that like comic book movie or something you know I you know who could have or should have scored this movie Mike and I maybe it's just because it's what we've been talking about but like David Holmes just take a David Holmes let him oh, score this totally. movie and just add be done some more it. funk to it or something yeah oh absolutely yeah they did like Baby Driver that would have been great or that yeah because yeah, it was a little too like tick tock tick 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 tock tick tock 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 like that <laughs> this it and then it was something. like I was like I'm not gonna nominate this for worst love story because there isn't a love story the fact that like they end up together is just yeah, that is so baffling. Like, I actually thought that it was kind of good that they weren't getting romantic, you know, that they were just, it was like a mutual respect for her dad and everything. And like, if anything, he was coming across more of like a brotherish kind of like guy for a while, you know, being like embarrassed to see her in her bra and like didn't want to whatever and this and like, he so was that was cousin. weird. <laughs> the only other thing I, I don't think we should nominate this for any other awards unless you guys think that there is something else that deserves recognition good or bad the only best thing that driving. I wanted to say is that best dri- best dri- well oh well we might Thoughts? get we've, yeah. she's been drive. it's weird like best Joey maybe we could do like a best Mad Max premonition scene or something because she's been in like a bunch of like if we cut together four or five scenes we could splice them right into Mad so there's Max. the mighty joe young chase there's this there's the stuff is there in, anything uh, else uh the fate and the furious and mad max well yeah but i think Mike, mike's saying that like it's stuff leading up to mad max like hey that we're gonna see her do this one day i feel you know, best she? scene that leads hmm. to it right mike are you, are you prematurely yeah, yeah. calling mad max just the pinnacle of her career because yeah. <laughs> mad max is like one of my like 15 favorite movies like there's not 
going to be a better movie that we cover. I mean, I've never seen Monster, which we're doing next week, which I'm really excited for, but, like, I don't see me liking any of her back half of her catalog more than I like Mad Max. But if I do, man, oh, man, there's going to be a gem in here. I can tell you that much. The one thing about it, it's kind of like, it's like her Matrix, you know? Like, if there's better movies or she's better in them, it's just too bad because that movie's such a badass awesome movie that kicks so much ass that it's just gonna trump it there's a handful of movies that i really love like i really love young adult you know obviously i love fate of the furious because it's the too fast too forever thing i love a lot of movies that we have coming up or not like not maybe not a lot but a handful of movies but just like mad max is just like it's just another it's, it's just like another level and i really do think that a lot of the people that we polled about who to do for this round probably picked her just for that movie like the people love that movie love her in it and they're like oh yeah she's got a great career but as we have learned it's been <laughs> it's a rough that one bad <laughs> so it's a little rockier than and that the first half has been pretty kind of rocky <laughs> Oh, Men of Honor, when she maybe... Was it Men of Honor, where it's like she was behind the car? Or Reindeer Games, or something? Men of Honor, she drunkenly crashes into a pole, so not that one. Okay, was it Reindeer Games, or at the end she gets run off a cliff? Yeah, I don't think... We'll we'll think about that. If we can think of more, we'll nominate it for the next time. Well, the last thing I want to say was that her name in this movie is Stella, and since we just recorded the Disaster Artist episode, I was just thinking of (laughs) Stella, of Franco as Tommy, or just Tommy from the book, yelling Stella, doing his (laughs) Marlon Brando and isn't New Orleans another stolen connection? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so uh, any any sort of last thoughts about the uh, episode or the movie or whatever? I mean, we have, I think we've exhausted this movie. I was looking forward to this one, too. And last week when Mike was so down on Waking Up in Reno, which I really genuinely liked a lot. And we which, like, let me just say, I'm, I'm kind of sorry, Waking Up in Reno. You really, I, you might have caught me on a bad day, but go watch just, it again. It's, it's. Delightful. You did not deserve that. I really feel kind of bad. Like this movie deserved it more than you did. So. <laughs> But I was looking forward to this one because I was like, we had such a rough stretch. You know, Waking Up in Reno had bad reviews. I was like, I'm not going to like this. I wound up liking it. But I was like, okay, at least we got two good ones in a row with The Italian Job and Monster. And then we got this, and I was like, who boy. Um, so I hope and I'm sure that I will love Monster. But man, oh man, for a milestone episode, number 20, The Italian Job truly let me down. Jared, any last thoughts? We thank you for being on this episode. We are so glad that you could join us. But any last thoughts about this movie or Charlize or anything? I just wanted to say that I'm looking back on this now, and this movie is really like not what I thought it was going to be. 15-year-old me was very, very impressed with it because I'm like, oh, wow, this is impressive. The cars are cool. But now I'm like watch, thinking back on it, and I'm saying, man, I was a very dumb teenager. And also, I'd like to say that uh, with Charlize, like, this is the, one of the first movies that I actually was exposed to her as an actress, and I kind of, like, that's what kind of set me off, and now, like, anytime I hear something, she's in something, I'm like, okay, I'll give it a look and see how, how it's gonna be, and this is kind of, like I say, it's, she's gotta be better than she is in the Italian job. Everything Jarrett said? <laughs> Except I, I thought she was fine in Italian Job. I it just every, the Italian Job wasn't very fine to her. Yeah, it wasn't good for her. That was the problem. Yeah, I mean, this feels almost like it needed a Michael Bay in it or something like that, yes. right? Like yeah. it's got all those elements, except it can't deliver him or anything. But yeah, and I also feel like you know, I just feel like yeah, it was. It, this is much more targeted toward a younger audience, like you know, your first action movie or something, or your first heist film like that. I could see maybe Baby's on Baby's first heist. Yeah, Baby's first heist exactly the italian job remake 2003 well thank you both for being on here you can check out zach's previous episode of the yards and all of our other watch a throne episodes at cageclub.me you can also check us out on facebook at facebook.com slash cage club or on twitter at cage club pod you can see all the shows all the episodes this episode is coming out on april 13th which means Mike's second episode of his podcast, Third Time's a Charm, is out now, so go check that out. You know, we are about halfway through Watch the Throne, so we're going to be wrapping up in just a few months. Go catch up on past episodes if you haven't listened to them yet. Email us, watch at cageclub.me. You know, let us know what you think about Charlie's or the movie or podcast or whatever. Just say hi. I don't care. We'll read anything on air. But yes, just go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, and at cageclubpod on Twitter. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Mike Manzi. And that was Zach Dazon and Jared Brown. And we'll see you next time on Watch the Thoreau.